Welcome to Heads Up Hockey. It is all things hockey talk and all things centric around the game. And it's also New Jersey Devils talk as well. And please enjoy the show. Oh, and there's Ron Burgundy? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You say classy San Diego. You stay classy San Diego. It's always sunny. And just remember, on the Channel 5 News, it's always sunny in San Diego. And in San Diego, <laughs> and in Germany, San Diego means a whale's... You know what? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, try to keep it clean, but <laughs> it was pretty dirty. Uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're going to come in here with a absolute cannonball episode. Cannonball of an episode. Just so, that, we're just going to give you that afternoon delight of Heads Up Hockey. Afternoon delight. So, speaking of afternoon delight... Um, there was a pretty big blockbuster we were just talking about earlier on the Raising Hell in Jersey podcast, so let's dig deep into that. Yeah, um, so today the, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, traded Casper Kapanen, uh, a prospect, uh, Pontus Aberg, to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Philip. Allender, I think David Warsawski, and a first-round pick, which is 15th overall. Uh, kind of going into that a little bit, Craig Button just did a mock draft last year on TSN. Uh, he has the Leafs now selecting uh, Schneider. Braden Schneider. Braden Schneider from the Braden Wheat Kings, the defenseman. I think that would be an excellent pick for the Leafs. They need defense. Uh, I keep boasting that defensive prospect system for them. It's only going to help you in the long run. That way you don't have to watch the likes of Justin Hall, Mark Marincin, Cody Cece on defense because we know absolutely all you Leaf fans just absolutely love to watch those guys back there. So, And and who in the hell wants to go back to the days of Dion Phaneuf? Yeah, Pylon Dion. I mean, well, we'll give Dion a little bit of credit. I mean, I mean. His wife's pretty nice to look at, but Dion, Dion's play on the ice, not so much. I was going to say, you know, it's not worth getting chirped at by a, 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 a big D-bag like uh, Sean Avery. No, it's not. Ugh. I can't, ble- I can't believe our boy Cam is friends with that guy. Yeah, it is not. It's, uh, but anyways, Kasperi Kapanen, you know, goes full circle back to Pittsburgh, and what the hell is Jim Rutherford thinking and giving up a 15th overall pick in this deep draft? Uh, I can kind of answer that question. Uh, My guess is they're in there, you know, they've been in it obviously for a long time, since probably 2008, but... I mean, when you got two superstars down the middle, as we potentially know here in New Jersey, uh, with Nico Heischer and Jack Hughes, um, once you uh, once you reach your window and stuff to win with your superstars down the middle, you kind of have to start going for it. 
Pittsburgh is still in their window to win. I know they're starting to, you know, be a downfall. They're like one and nine or one and ten in their last playoff games or series or whatever. But Crosby's thirty-two or thirty-three. Malkin's thirty-four. So I mean, they don't. The window's closing quickly. So if I had to guess, I would say they're, you know, they're still trying to to win in their window and also get younger. And they're bringing in a player that they're familiar with. Although I think in this case familiarity may have caught Jim Rutherford uh, caught up in it a little too much by pulling the trigger. Now, I read a report, I don't know how accurate it is, that Pittsburgh asked New Jersey for one of the Arizona and Vancouver's picks plus Pavel Zaka and the Devils wouldn't even have the discussion. So, Wait a minute. Who who were they going to include in that package that Pittsburgh would, was at, was trying to inquire about? Oh, sorry, no, that was uh, that would be Toronto. Sorry, I should have clarified that. I was Toronto. I was like, hold a second. Yeah, sorry. So that's for Capitan. So you know, as much as some fans like Pavel Zaka to go, I think Devils made the right call. Don't pull the trigger on that unless it's worth it. I don't think giving up a first for Capitan was worth it. Yeah, I mean, in all, in all reality, they're they're on to the question I have is who wins the Phil Kessel trade now? Because Pittsburgh traded Casper Kapanen to Toronto. Kapanen went to Toronto, got his career kind of rolling a bit, became you know a top six, bottom six kind of guy, and then. Castle went to Pittsburgh, won two Stanley Cups. Castle's now out of Pittsburgh. Captain goes back to Pittsburgh. So it sort of reminds me. The trade also sort of reminds me. I'm going to use a baseball reference here because this, this deal honestly reminds me exactly like this deal that happened a couple years ago. Um, I know it's a hockey podcast. I apologize for talking baseball reference to this, but it's the only thing I can honestly think of. Um, the Yankees were rebuilding or retooling at the time. Um, they had a monster bullpen. They didn't have the greatest lineup. So they traded the role this Chapman to the Chicago Cubs uh, for a package that included Glaber Torres, who obviously turned out to be a superstar baseball player up and coming to the Yankees. Cubs went won the World Series. Yankees signed Chapman back in the offseason and ended up getting Chapman and Glaber Torres out of it. And all the Cubs got was a World Series ring. So, I mean, in reality, it worked out for both teams. I think in the end, I think this could work out for both teams as well. The Leafs got what they want. They need to add a defense. But, but it sounded dubious uh, if I hearing correctly is that um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't perceive the least being done making moves so I think and he also had said that they're open to moving the 15th overall pick for a player that can help their roster right now so you know I don't I believe him you know GMs say a lot of things you know that as well as I do Joe um, yeah, they always have a funny l- yeah, lingo, if you know what I mean. They'll tell you one thing, and they'll always do the opposite. But 
I think uh, I don't think the Leafs are done by any means. I don't think Pittsburgh's done by any means. I don't know. I, still... what, I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing. Like I can't tell if Pittsburgh has opted to. Are they just clearing out all the bodies that are have cap hits? Or are they trying to get a little bit younger? But I definitely think with the Leafs, though, I, I don't. I don't think the Leafs are done by any means. I think you're going to see the. I think you're going to see the Leafs give St. Louis a call, uh, maybe Colton Franco, you know, something like that. They're going to. They're going to try. Maybe they call New Jersey about Severson. I don't know. Um, I th- I think honestly, you're, I think, I think you're window shopping. Yeah, I think Paranko is probably the more likely uh, name the Leafs will probably call about, um, if I had to guess. But I think with Dubis, like, it's hard for me because I still don't think Kyle Dubis is a great GM. Kyle Dubis gets credit for rebuilding that elite team. Kyle Dubis didn't do crap for rebuilding that elite team. All it was, he technically- was all, all he all he did was draft Rasmus Sandin. And he signed John Tavares. Uh, I think that move was more of a Shanahan move. But Shanahan Lamarillo did most of the lifting. If I, yes and no. Um, I think you got to give a lot of, um, like Austin Matthews, the, the Leafs tanked. Like, let's be honest, they tanked. They got lucky. They selected him. They didn't, who would have thought William Nylander was going to turn out to be the player he is? I mean, they took him eighth, so I mean, I guess you have high expectations for a top 10 pick. Uh, Morgan Riley was a stud coming out of that draft. He probably should have went number one to begin with. Um, well, that was, that's what Brian that Burke the, said. Yeah, that was the nail Yakupov year. So yeah, Morgan Ugh. Riley should have been taken one. Yakupov. The, 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 the Mitch Marner one was interesting. Mike Babcock, when he was coach of the Leafs, he didn't want Mitch Marner. He wanted Noah Hannafin or Zach Wierenski or Ivan Provera. And Mark Hunter said, no, we're taking Mitch Marner. I think you have to credit Mark Hunter for a lot of the work the Leafs did rebuilding that team. I think he did a lot of the work. So I think the Leafs – sorry, excuse me. It happens. <laughs> uh, the Leafs uh, – regular season success, we'll call it, because they haven't done an absolute – you know, jack crop in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> their success has basically been in the regular season, but you have to credit Mark Hunter and credit where it's due. He did a phenomenal job scouting, uh, drafting, even in the top five, even with Austin Matthews, right? They could have took Wine, but they were obviously taking Matthews. That was a foregone conclusion. They made the right decision in right picking Austin Matthews. Yeah, you know what? Do I think they made the right choice signing John Tavares? Yes and no, yes, because they're in a win. So, so. But that $11 million cap hit is kind of kind of looming large right about now for one to improve your team. But I was going to say, like, Steve Dangle made a huge point, like, I think a season ago that it was the beginning of the Maple Leafs' demise when everything came to John Tavares being signed because that pretty much handcuffed it the whole entire Leafs organization. And, and then you have the William Nylander holdout story. And then over a year ago, you had the, the Mitch Marner situation when is he going to resign and this and that. And it's like, you know, it gets closer to camp and it starts dragging on. It's like, does he want to be here? But eventually he wanted to be here. It was just that 
he was trying to get the top dollar with if I'm correct, his agents is the same as Taylor Hall's, right? Yeah. This which is proves my point why there was a bit of a holdout. Who's that, William Nylander? No, um Mitch Marner's Yeah, Mitch Marner's not the same age as Taylor Hall, no. Yeah, it explains. Oh, no. no, no, no. You're you always, sorry. You were talking about his agent. Yeah, agent yeah, Darren Ferris. Yeah, that guy. That guy likes to make his guys hold out until the off season and test the market and whatnot. And you know what? I don't blame him. That's an agent doing his job. So he's the closest thing to Scott Boris there is in an NHL. I yeah, I agree with that. But um, back to this whole situation of the ripple effect. It seems that well. When I'm looking at Toronto, uh, their forwards that they have, average age is 26.2 years old. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their average age is over 28 years old. I think they're trying to knock that number down a little bit more by two years on average. Because, you know, you have – I understand Marlowe is with Pittsburgh, but – He's not going to be the same guy for Pittsburgh as he was for San Jose being in a lesser role. No, and Patrick Marlowe's also in his late 40s, right? Like he's 42 or 43, so Patty Marlowe's, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he's done his time. I think, I think you're going to see uh, maybe Patrick Marlowe comes back next year, but I think if he does come back, he's going to – he'll end up back in San Jose. And then, um, what was it, with with the Leafs, you have Jason Spezza, and you had that situation earlier in the year where he was supposed to play against the Senators, yet they didn't play him right, and it seems like, you know, they could be letting him go one way or, or another. You only had 25 points in 58 games. I mean, you know, that's still pretty good for a guy his age. It's yeah, just, and, you know, and let, like, let's face it, Spezza's not going to be the Jason Spezza he was you know, when he first got to Dallas, and he's not going to be the Jason Spezza he was when he was lighting it up in Ottawa when he had Alfredson and Heatley on his line for, you know, that couple of years where that line was probably the best in hockey at the time. But I still think Jason Spezza is a hell of a face-off guy. Uh, his playmaking ability is still there. I just don't think he's going to put up the points that he that he used to. But I, what about- when I take a flyer on Jason Spezza, one year, but it would have, it would all depend on the money. But I would probably rather stay away from Jason Spezza. I, I would only give a PTO at most. Yeah, I think if I'm New Jersey. Yeah, um, if we were a winning team like the Leafs are right now, like we're in a contending window, then I would say absolutely. But like we're not, we're, um, not, we're not there yet. You know what I'm if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, the Devils have assets and they're building. You know, the prospect pool. You're building. You know, in so many different areas that you're trying to regrow and fill in these many missing parts to the winning machine that you need to add pieces. You can't just tinker around the whole entire time, which means, you know, let's get let's touch on the PK Subban thing a little bit. Um, So you had what was it? NHL rumors daily or something. They were saying the Devils would retain half of his salary publicly. 
Yeah, I think it was hockey twenty four seven, but that that one say broke the John Tavares news for the Leafs, but after that, uh, kind of struck out of there for a, a long time. So we'll see. I mean, obviously they're going to try. Obviously, sorry. Obviously they're going to try and unload the salary, but you know it's it's easier said than done, right? Like, like you gotta. You There's gotta, some. It, so it, many it, moving parts. Yeah, it takes two to tango, right? So, it t- sometimes it takes three to tango. Really, hey, really, I mean, yeah. So, like, think about that uh, Nashville trade that they did with Colorado. Kyle Turris and uh, Colorado. Yeah, th- I wouldn't be surprised if you know New Jersey, Colorado, and Toronto, maybe. They do a three-way trade, somehow adding assets, trading another asset, or whatever, trying to even out a three-way. Um, it's pretty complex, that's if you ask said. me. <laughs> that's that's what they know. Yeah. Anyway, um, I kind of want to just touch on. Uh, I want to touch on the Montreal Philadelphia series before we kind of dive into the. You know the other couple of the other series, but um, I watched every game except for a couple. I think you know I I, I said at the start of the playoffs that I think it's going to be Philadelphia and Colorado in the finals. Uh, I don't think Colorado's done by any means against Dallas, but I mean it's not looking good for them right now. But I think the officiating last night was horrendous, and it kind of bit Colorado in the ass. But that's my opinion. I uh, I still think Colorado comes back and wins that series, but they're going to obviously have to win the next game, especially the next two. But I'm good. I think the Philadelphia Montreal series. I don't think there's much anybody can say. I think seven of the eleven goals were deflections on Carey Price. He did his part. He was Carey Price like Carey Price is in the playoffs. But I think if you're a Canadiens fan, you're happy with the emergence of Jesperi Kakaniemi and Nick Suzuki moving forward. Uh, Suzuki especially, he stepped up in a big way in the playoffs, showing that he can play in this league. He can be a top six center. Uh, Kakaniemi stepped up after getting, you know, sent down to the minors. So that should excite Habs fans moving forward. I really do believe that Montreal's got a really good foundation going forward. And we were talking about Alexander Romanov and uh, Cole Caulfield. Uh, Come next season, I see those guys playing, you know, some minor roles, but working their way up gradually of the Canadians' trust ladder. And, you know, the Canadians always did well with, I think it was – Markov or uh, what? What was his name? The defenseman, Emelin. Yeah, Emelin. Yep. And they've always done really good job with Russian defensemen, especially left-handed defensemen. And Romanov, to me, when I watch him in the World Juniors, he's got the speed, the grit, the will to win, and he's got that passion. And I see that in you know, the way he's going to play for Montreal. And I can see Cole Caulfield, you know, trying to bring that same dynamic like he did with Team USA and with his college team. And 
you look at what Mark Bergevin has done drafting those two guys, and you have a really good foundation going forward. And I honestly like the Canadians' future longer term than I do the Flyers because the Flyers have some aging veterans. I know they have Joel Farabee and this and that, and maybe a few really good defensemen and plus Carter Hart's there to keep them afloat. But who else is going to back up Carter Hart going forward? And will some of those other defensemen want to stay in in uh, Philadelphia? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, Brian Elliott's definitely not the answer for a backup in Philadelphia. So I don't think he's that good of a goaltender myself. But you're talking about uh, Dallas last time. Um, yeah. That Essa Lindell type goal, I disagreed on. I didn't even see it break the plane. And there were some very, you know, BS calls that I thought, you know, really didn't make sense uh, against Colorado. I'm not just saying because I have Colorado winning the, the, the Stanley Cup. I honestly believe that there were some fishy calls that were made in, in this very physical slam and jam game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Dallas, and I think I've always said Dallas is always my sleeper team going into playoffs. So, and they look like they're, uh, they're on a mission this year. But if you look uh, at the roster after the first line, though, Ben Sagan and Radulov, like, who do they have? Pavelski? Like, Corey Perry's okay, but he's not the Corey Perry of old, right? So. Right. He's not the Corey Perry of the same team with Timu Solani, Rob Niedermeyer, Scott Niedermeyer, Getzloff. You, you name a few others. Um, that That's basically all she wrote for that Corey Perry. But um, I do want to talk about um, Boston and Tampa Bay. Um yeah, you know that, that game's currently two-two in the second intermission, right? So yeah, and Boston's getting older, and nothing against Bergeron or Marchand, but I have a good feeling that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win this within seven games. Yeah, I could see that. I think this series is a toss-up. I think it goes either way. I think Boston looked good in Game One, but you're seeing tonight Tampa's bounce back. It's two-two going into the third period. Uh, they're playing to their strengths. Uh, Blake Coleman has a goal. I think and he might even have two. You you know what? Um, early in the year, you know, opening night, I saw Blake Coleman make that beautiful flick of the wrist type goal, r- like sliding on his rear end. And I tell you what, that guy has the, the most determination. I know Jim Berger said this before. Um, he is this generation's John Madden. And I agree with him on that. Um, and I believe that Tampa Bay has got a good chance of edging out Boston with a guy like him. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and, you know, uh, I don't think Blake Coleman was, you know, being shopped around. I just think Fitzgerald got an offer he couldn't refuse and he pulled the trigger. And, you know, I give him credit for that. That takes balls apparently he has a lot of balls and he's really using his, his smarts and not his, his feelings, which is, you know, hard to do in a gratification type asset management uh, business like hockey where it's just, yeah, just um, go ahead. 
no, I just I want to touch on uh, you know a couple things. Um, do you think the Kapanen trade will see make us see more trades with teams that aren't in the playoffs right now going into to, as we lean up towards the draft? But or no, I I sort of have this feeling that. You know, there might be more trades that come, but I got a funny feeling that most of the trades are going to wait until uh, maybe there might be some rumors and talks here in the next couple of weeks, some things, but I got a funny feeling a lot of these rumors and trades, like the big ones, aren't going to happen until, you know, closer to draft night, month of October. My hunch is this um, the more teams that get eliminated, before the Stanley Cup, the more the rumors will cook up. And it will add some value and maybe some over-evaluations uh, um, to these rumors. But it will help. But today's trade will help Tommy Fitzgerald kind of see what, you know, a package would be over, you know, valued at certain, you know, extents. I believe um, the way that Worsovsky and all of them went to uh, Toronto, I think that was a bad piece, just a throw-in. Um, I do like the fact that um, Hollander went in to the trade, was a really good piece to kind of sweeten up the pot. Uh, but going forward, I think P.K. Subban gets – uh, dealt uh, right around draft day. That's bold. But I not, just there's nothing wrong with being bold. So wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me if he stayed. That's kind of how I feel. I hope he doesn't get moved. I love PK Subban. I love I love what he does, but I mean he start. I mean he started to pick it up a little bit when Nazardine became coach after the first couple weeks and I think if they the devils do keep him but they're just shopping him around quietly you know they're just trying to get an idea what could help in return near and long term so it's not like I despise a player I really like what he was turning out to be in the second half of the season I I just feel he was mismanaged and if he can't do anything under Lindy Ruff, then you can move him. That's right. And, you know, you got you have to, if you're not doing your job as a GM, if you don't explore your options, right? So It's all market value. Exactly. And you know what? Some teams value guys higher than other teams value guys. Like today. I wouldn't have paid a first-round pick for Casper Cabinet. Nope. I would have paid him a second round pick, but I wouldn't give him a first. No. It's, there are certain players I value at certain. In, unless know. unless you're like you're a contender and you're going for it, sort of like Pittsburgh is, and then I get it. But I'm not giving up my first round pick. Like unless I absolutely am desperate for salary cap space, or. I'm acquiring a superstar player. It it really does. I mean, you know, NHLEntryDraft.com is a great tool for trying to figure out who you could get in a draft. 
and I'm just going to run a simulation and see um, what – okay, Pittsburgh currently has the 15th overall pick, but it technically belongs to Toronto today. Um, I actually just picked uh, Drysdale over uh, – what was his name? Over Marco Rossi, so – I tend I tend to value that, and Dawson Mercer gets picked at fifteenth overall with what is the former Pittsburgh pick. So he gets he gets to stay in Canada then, in other words. So I mean that'd be good for him. Yeah, um, you you know they mentioned Braden Schneider. You know he's still on the board. Um, if I'm the Devils at eighteen. I would take uh, you. You have Gundler, Bork, Quinn, Schneider. Um, I take Jack Quinn at that rate, but I mean, I would understand if they took Schneider. And uh, I mean, if Gundler's there, I mean, you already have a shooter in Quinn. And if I'm looking for a really good defenseman, you got to get Braden Schneider or even Caden Gooley. But um, I just think. Braden Schneider brings that physical edge. Really good two-way game. Um, you can always develop, you know, stick handling a little bit better. But he's got that big physical build that you want in the defenseman. If the Leafs do get him, you know, props to them. But, yeah, um... I, that's what I was just doing with the simulation uh, because I can't see myself picking uh, a player like Hendricks Lapierre who has a lot of injury history in his draft year who could really slide and you could just find him deeper in the draft. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the Leafs are in a good spot. Moving forward to address their needs on defense for their organization. They're obviously going to have to be patient if they keep it. But. Yeah, if if I'm talking to any of the Leafs fans or Leafs Nation, uh, I am very happy for you. You got a 15th overall pick in this year's draft, which is wicked phenomenal. And I know most drafts, you know, they tend to peter out a little sooner. But this, to me, this is going to be 2020 and going forwards, one of their best birth years um, for for forwards. So um, I do know next year is supposed to be really good for defensemen. So um, let, we can go from there on that one. For what? Next uh, year? I mean, comparing this year to next year, I mean, in, in, in asset evaluation. I on, honestly, uh, I haven't even looked into next year's draft yet. Um, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I know I coming on the podcast and stuff. I'm expected to know uh, this stuff, but a little I, after I the draft day. Yeah, I just I haven't had time to look into next year just yet. I've been so busy, you know, with work and you know being a father and all that stuff, but if we want to talk about this draft, I can answer your question. The, yeah, this, this draft, I I honestly like the, the depth and the skill and the potential that I 
did, you know, like, for instance, the, the Niall Yakupov draft was, was really bad, like, for most teams. But you, you still have some really good players out of that round that weren't named Niall Yakupov. Yeah, like, you know, they had Philip Forsberg went Philip Forsberg went late and you know, there was other guys that went, but you know, they won't mention Stefan Matteau, but Yeah. Well he, he he was with the Canadians for a little bit after the Devils, so I mean yeah. in the what was the Devante Smith Pelly trade. That's right. Uh, credit to him though. I mean he he did, I think he got the Stanley Cup with uh the Capitals, DSP did. So is there anything that you want to discuss? Like who, what defense do you want to discuss kind of before yes. we get into the last couple minutes of our reigning minutes here leading up to when we kind of close this thing out? Yeah, I want to touch on the Joel Edmondson type players, you know, like for instance, free agency and stuff like that. Like we hit on the prospects earlier, so – I want to touch on that, so let's get into it. Okay, so who do you want to talk about? Uh, first off, uh, Joel Edmondson is one of the free agent defenders I would go for. Um, if you're looking for left-handed, um, he's one of them. And I think he's one of those guys that would be great for the younger players. And you were talking about him earlier. And Tory Krug is a free agent. Um, I'm not interested in bringing back Andy Green. No disrespect. Um, the Devils need to move on. Dmitry Kulikov is 29 years old, but I'm he's not a left a big, I'm not a big Kulikov fan. Not really interested in it's him, not, but yeah, he's available. But it's more for me. It's more about. Let's see. What's the best way to word this? Um, doesn't fit the need. Doesn't fit the need, but I'm more at a point as a fan where I understand we're in the middle of a rebuild slash retool, middle of it, touching up some things. What about Nikita Zadorov? Trading for him? Yeah, I would take. I would take Nikita Zadorov. So, with that being said, he's 25 years old, big boy. Who loves to hit, and he can bring a lot of fear. I mean, what would you give a guy like him? Uh, is he a free agent, or would you have to trade for him? He, you would have to trade for him because he's an RFA. Okay. Um, four and a half million, maybe five tops. I'd go at least 4.8. Yeah, that's about right. And I'm not tr- interested in Trevor Daly. I mean, 36 years old, left-handed. No, um, I think, you know, but going back to what I was saying, you know, for, for a Devils fan perspective, um, you know, rebuild, retool, whatever we're in, it's time to go hit a home run. Like, I'm sick of this. Sign a guy for one year, two years, fill in crap. It's time to go for it. Not, I'm not saying go for it like Stanley Cup, but it's time to like build a team here. 
try and get in the playoffs, make some noise. Like go for a go for a stud player, go for an elite player. Stop with these tier two, tier three, three guys. So you'd be so you'd be okay with a Tory Krug type, yes. If they sign him for three or four years, Absolutely. even though he's twenty nine. Five years, six years, seven years. I'd even do that for Tory Krug. I like Tory Krug. I think he's a good player. Just to let you know, it says clause details, modified no trade clause. A list of eight teams cannot be traded. So he will be a uh, a free agent soon. So I I really like the fact that he's really grown over the years with Boston, and I really like the way he shoots the puck, and he's really good in the playoffs. And I just think that he has more upside for a guy his age, and – he, he, he's a young 29. He's not an old 29. Yeah, so he kind of fills a need. Well, he does fill a need for this team. So, he's, you know, we need, we need defense. We need defense bad. Um, but score, scores 44 to 59 goals. I mean, four, 44 to 59 points, rather, per season. Six to 14 goals a season. And he's good on the power play. Oh, yeah. I mean, we need we need a guy like that that can also hit on the power play as well. I mean, Devils, you know, will have to get a new uh, staff, to whether it's Greer and uh, Nazardine as the same guys or they kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah, but I think, what is, you know, I think, I think they also got to explore the option of, you know, making a blockbuster trade, you know, whether it's Sergeyev or a, a Dunn, a Branko. Like, they, they, need to, they need to bring in some legit guys. Like, it's, it's time to stop messing around. It's time to build this team in a proper way. You know, yeah, you, you look back to the 90s. The Devils let Brendan Shanahan walk away, and then, you know, Scott Stevens was awarded to the Devils, and they had drafted Danico in 82, and they had drafted Niedermeyer third overall in 91. So they built their team the right way, and obviously it worked. And they had Marty Brodeur. They had Brodeur drafted, they had Danico, they had Stevens, they had Niedermeyer. And then you, you know, years later, they added Brian Rafalski, so they, and then they had Colin White and stuff like that. That defense was so good. Like, that's what I don't think a lot of people realize. That defense was so good. There was nobody better than that decor in the NHL. Maybe Colorado at the time, that was it. And you, you're talking about how defense is very important. You know, Vince Dunn is a left defenseman, uh, 23 years old. He's up in 2020. Only cost you under $800,000. And he's a restricted free agent still on his ELC. So the Devils should go after him, you know, trade for him and and sign him if they can. You also have uh, other teams looking at Colton Pareko, like you mentioned earlier. So that'll help the Blues try and sign Petrangelo to like maybe four more years. And try and see what else he has left before another four years. 
Exactly, and I think you have to. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to call teams to look around too, right? You don't know unless you call. So, I mean, the best, that's probably the best way I would say to look at it. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we go? I know we've kind of got a short episode tonight, so. Yeah, um, well, we talk about. Been, it's hard because there hasn't been much hockey news. I mean, I, I, I only got about. 10 to 15 minutes left, so. Well, I'm just trying to do the best that we could. Um, just looking at uh, Minnesota, uh, Matt Dumba is up until 2023. I know they just brought him back. Uh, sure, Jonas Berdine's got a few years left. Um, would you go after someone on Minnesota? Would you rather go after someone from Let's say Edmonton. Edmonton. Are you are you thinking Darnell Nurse? Yeah. I mean, he grew up. In, um, do you believe that you can offer a package for let's say Darnell Nurse? What would it be? Uh, first round pick. We might get it done. Uh, first round pick and a prospect would probably be it's probably gonna be what it takes, I would think. So you're saying maybe the Vancouver or Arizona pick plus Bokovist? Yeah, that would probably get it done, I would think. They would get the good, would get the ball moving anyway. I mean you have uh nurses up until the twenty twenty two, twenty three season as a UFA. So you can offer him at least six and a half million, maybe eight million tops. Um, what about you know asset management? Uh, talking about the Devils' long-term perspective, um, this team has Zajac, Palmieri, Gusev up as UFAs in twenty-one, twenty-two. Um, what do you think about that kind of money coming right off the books? For what? Uh, Gusev and those guys? For Zajac, Palmieri, and Gusev on the Devils. I probably think it's good timing because I think they're going to have to sign Jack Hughes to a contract here in a couple of years, but it's all going to depend on how Jack Hughes plays on the type of contract he gets. Like, are they going to be signing for potential and then he doesn't pan out that way like they did with Heischer? Like, he signed that contract, but, you know, we obviously we think Nico will be fine, but Jack, we're going to have to see what he does first. But I think having that cap space to be able to sign him in the long run will definitely help. But, you know, in order to make other moves, obviously. So, it's always good. Cap space is always a dangerous thing in this league, as everybody knows, and the Devils have a lot of it. So do many other teams in the NHL. You know, we like to include the other NHL teams here, not just the Devils, because this is a hockey podcast. So, but and I do, I do want to throw this in there. Um, if you were to trade Nikita Gusev, what is your asking price for Goose? Uh, second round and a prospect, probably. Second round pick and a A level prospect. I'd maybe probably settle for a B-level prospect, but I'd shoot for a first, but I'd settle for a second and a prospect. And let's say Kyle per- Palmieri doesn't resign because Tommy Fitzgerald doesn't see him, 
you know, fitting in long-term, you know, like, for instance, you know, Lamarello signed Zajac all the way through till being a 37, 38-year-old. Um, Devils don't want to go that far with players that form anymore. Um, do you believe Paul Mary could get traded? Uh, yeah, I do. I think you get a first, a roster player, and a prospect for him. I think you get a half-decent haul there. For Paul Mary, if you go to move him, that's a tricky question because I don't know if he's going anywhere or not. I can't answer that. I don't want to answer that anymore because every time I answer that, it bites me in the ass. And well, it, it doesn't hurt. To... It seems like everybody walks away from New Jersey, so I'm not. I'm not going to really dig into that one. I don't want to dig into that one because I feel like it's a, it's one that might bite me in the ass, and that if I say he's not, he's going to resign, and then. Fans will come at me saying, "Oh, you said Paul Murray'd resign." Well, sorry, I don't know if he's going to resign or not. The only person that knows is his agent, himself. Kyle Paul Murray, and the management. Yeah, it it all depends on the dialogue. You know, what Fitzgerald is getting out of Paul Murray. Like, for instance, you you can ask someone, you know, do you want to go out for ice cream? You know, yes or no, and you could be like, maybe. And then you come back a few seconds later, you go, probably not. And and it ends up being a no. So that that's what it come, has concluded to for this podcast today. So, Jake, do you have anything else to add, you know, for anyone outside of our sportsbetmvp.ag, you know, our promo code social? Uh, no, I think, you know, just use the promo code social um, for sports betting and whatnot. And I think for all the hockey fans, just enjoy the hockey here in the summer. We're not used to getting it here in the summer. Just enjoy the rest of the playoffs and, you know, keep on trucking along and keeping, you know, watch, keep watching the hockey, enjoy it. And, you know, the trades will be flowing here soon. Soon it'll be draft day and free agency and we can all enjoy that. Christmas in October, I guess, this year. And we're so used to in June or July, which is when it should have been either way. But, you know, the NHL wants to do these things in person, which, I mean, I get. But should, I think they should have done it how the NFL did it with their draft where they just had the commissioner announce a pick somewhere in his house. But and show the families and everything like that on a video screen with the fans all on the screen and whatnot. But that's my opinion. That's a discussion for a different day. Um you know, uh, once again, appreciate you having me on, Joe. And with that, thank you always. And and for our listeners out there, you can find us on Anchor.fm, Spotify, and all the other wicked awesome networks. And uh, we'll see you on social media. And uh, if you have any questions, send it our way. Absolutely. And for another edition of Heads Up Hockey Podcast, this is Ron Burgundy saying. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy and peace out.